Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Crit Chat, where a group of DMs get together every other week and discuss the important things in life, like... I was stuck in traffic for like I can't get over this. I was stuck in traffic for a full hour and a half today, uh, and I went literally insane and started screaming at passersby to give me memes, uh, much to the hatred of my girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> no one gave me memes. I thought that people would like like in my mind we came together in like camaraderie and they would show me their favorite memes. I'd show them my favorite memes. Opening to La La Land, but with memes instead of song and dance. <gasps> I've not seen La La Land, but I can only assume that that's what happens. <laughs> this week we have with us Chase Greenley. Hello, hello. We have Caillou. Hello there, everybody. And we have me as your host, Is May Hutton. So this week, my dudes, we're talking about horror, baby. Love me some horror because it's spook a ween. It's spook a ween. Mm-hmm. When, when we're recording this, it is uh, like half a month away. But when you're hearing this, it's going to be like around the corner, baby. Spooks up, baby. I'm shaking in my boots. <laughs> Absolutely qu- terrifying. Quivering in those high tops. I feel like first and foremost, we have to get uh, d- d- get the cat out of the bag. That's not that's not the phrase that I'm looking for. Get the, the black cat, the witch's cat. Ele- elephant, elephant in the room. That's the one. Mm. <laughs> cat, uh, yeah. cat bag, elephant room. Is, um, can, you, can we have a spooky elephant? Yes. Maybe like a mammoth ghost. We, mm. yeah. Okay. Why would a mammoth be spookier than uh, elephant? Just as like. Well, the mammoth's dead. Mammoth's okay. dead. Well, okay, but if it's a ghost I mean, elephant, if it's an elephant, okay, if it's an elephant ghost, I mean, it obviously, would also yes, be dead. There are dead elephants, but like yeah. mammoths are known. Famously for being dead, so it's sort of like thematic, mm. isn't it? What if a mammoth had a pumpkin head? I <laughs> like the tusks and the trunk stick through. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or tusks and trunk are all made of vines. Why is vine scary? Okay. Y'all have some weird things about what's spooky and what ain't spooky. An I don't choice. know if it's spooky. I'm just kind of going on a weird journey right are now, like, and I'm here for it. Are these like thorny vines? Like, like, sort of like something an enchantress would like. Yeah. Summon? Yeah. Mm. yeah. I was thinking more like the the tusks are like turned turned around and turned down, like twas a vampire, you know, like vampire uh, elephant, <laughs> you know. Oh. And it comes along, gores you, and also sucks your blood. Also sucks your blood. Insult to injury. I like it, guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. we, how? Okay, now we're in this. How do we stat this bad boy? Um, so Mammoth is already statted, so that's a good start. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, that's so a good start. Huge. So But is also undead. It's undead. It's tusk attack. So it has all of the vampire weaknesses and, and buffs and stuff. And it's tusks attacks. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do the special thing that vampire teeth do, which is something. It reduces hit points. It's maximum hit something. points. Maybe it I don't remember right. that thing. I don't know. It's something. Hey, I'm I run Curse of Strahd. I should know, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> it does something necrotic. I also hmm. feel like it would automatically get a surprise round, just because you know what? Seeing an undead vampire mammoth is surprising. <laughs> I think that you would need a full, at least a full six seconds to be like, hmm, I think- what am I seeing? Yeah, yeah, vampire teeth. Uh, reduce your hit point maximum. And then if they drop you to zero, you die and turn into a vampire spawn. Hell yeah. Yeah, I think it's probably got some kind of uh, ability that lets it uh, go ethereal as a reaction. Yes, good. Become become super ghosty for a minute to like avoid a hit. So oh. like you become like- Charges on a five or a six. Ethereal yeah, or yeah, misty yeah. or something. Oh, you turn to like snow. 
Ooh, I Ooh, like it. Yeah. Snow is good. I also like I the idea can... that it that it can become a little bit ethereal, so that uh, you're just like in your uh, living room uh, watching your your favorite <laughs> Netflix show, and then suddenly there's just like a nice little like mammoth vampire head, just like, "Hey guys, how are you doing?" And that's good. Mm, <laughs> that's, a big that's a good possibility. Um, maybe swap out its stomp ability for some kind of grapple, so that it can actually like get a hold of you to drink your blood. Yeah, oh, like yeah. it's it still stomps on you, but it like holds you down. You know, exactly. Like, or maybe um, maybe the trunk, like like it's a yeah. trunk. Slam that like pins you into here's, a prone position. What, I know that it's not how elephant biology work, but here's the oh, thing: okay. elephants and like mammoths are also not um, vampires. So we're <laughs> we're playing cap and ball with the rules. What if sure. like it's got vampire teeth also in its little trunk, so that its <laughs> trunk becomes like a Ooh, sippy straw for blood? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Be, yeah be like those fuzzy sippy straw. Doctor Who villains? Mm. Yeah. Are they just astrologer? They are the yeah, they just yeah, oh wait, wait! Good. Oh no! Here's the worst part: elephants mm-hmm. and mammoths, yes. by extension, are pack animals. Oh boy! <gasps> oh no! So oh boy! You never encounter just one vampire mammif. Well, except when there it's a bull. <laughs> then you would. Then you do because elephants. Sometimes. Elephants. Sometimes. Uh, they they sort of pack animals. Like the, all, all the females and the young travel in herds, but when a male matures, they mm-hmm. go off and and explore the world by themselves. Go off and just so you get, sure. to get their but, own fucking thing. <laughs> Okay, okay. Oh, that's very good. Guys, we've created the perfect horror thing. <laughs> that makes it scalable, too, for D&D encounters, because you could... Yeah, add more vampire mammoths. Yeah. And it, it's, sort of, it's justified within the law. If your uh, crew is taking one down really easily... Oh, rest of the herd shows up. There it is. <laughs> like, oh, Esme, why did you make this stupid encounter? There's just, oh, no, 500. <laughs> That's very good. <sighs> the only problem is we've maybe made the perfect creature. All and right, again, good episode, we're everybody. Only, yeah, we're yep. only like 10 minutes in. I don't know what to do with this now. <sighs> I we're mean, kind of just... Short and sweet, you know? Anything yeah, else is... y'all want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> right. In general, for creating a mm-hmm. horror campaign, which you might want to do around the spook spooktober time, as yeah. I am want to do every year. What are some like tips and tricks and stuff? Now, like for now, I'm just thinking of one-offs because I've we've talked a little bit in the past about how horror genre is a little difficult in the long run because after a while, people get desensitized to it being spooky. Mm-hmm. So, what are some some hot tips, my dudes? My favorite spooky tip. And uh, this is probably only going to apply for some people uh, because it does require playing in person. But that is to yeah. absolutely use your physical environment to yeah. your uh, to every benefit that you have. These days, for for me at least, I know a lot of my playing does take place online. But playing in person, uh, walking into my buddy's place and having it all bespooked out is a really great way to kind of throw things off especially if you can somehow do it in the moment maybe you've got like a dimmer switch and normally you keep that at a certain level maybe maybe it's a little bit darker um play with the soundscape as well as far as theming goes definitely like don't do anything that your people aren't uh comfortable with of course if you're if it's a newer group maybe defer to uh, some of the absolutely fantastic content guides out there just to make sure you're not 
going to tread somewhere where some one of your players is going to be wildly uncomfortable because that's no yeah. fun for anybody. But once you know your players, sneak it up on them. Because that's the thing about horrors. You don't you don't expect the spooky game. The spooky game just happens. That's what makes it spooky. See, uh, I uh, like uh, stringent planning. So mm-hmm. I I love seeing the horror coming. But. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. But no, I like I, I like the idea of just sneaking in a quick little spooky time for everyone. That's very good. Now that the the last time I was in a spooky game, that's what happened. Is like, hey, there's this old house. You're gonna go and check it out, and we were expecting like goblins or uh, yeah. or owl bears or something, because that's what we had been dealing with up until that point. And then the door locked behind us, and the wall started bleeding. And it's like, ah, fuck. <laughs> well, yeah. not not normally. That's all right. Not, I see the time. game we're playing, and I'm afraid <laughs> congratulations i am the fear mm-hmm. i am spooked doot doot it's just very softly doot dooting in the background <laughs> <laughs> you guys are going to be talking and every so often you're just going to hear doot doot just like a soft doot doot it'll be nice <laughs> kai what about you do you have any spooky tips for friends um so i've found uh both from my own experience and just talking to others trying to legitimately scare people not like scare, but like you know, like put them in a make make them feel like afraid, unsettled, unsettled is <laughs> really hard, like mm-hmm. really hard. Just because D and D is like it's in some levels it's really immersive, and in some levels it's really not because the players always know that they are sitting around a table with their friends in their house or whatever, and so mm-hmm. uh, it can be it can be really difficult to get them in a position where they want to be scared, uh, and so part of Part of that I would encourage is if you're playing in a spooky game is be prepared to go to that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like hypnotism. You have to be a willing participant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kind of, yeah exactly. Because uh, there's always like when you watch like scary movies and uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to use myself as the example, um, that person yeah. who I don't, don't want to like, no, it's not scary though. It's not though. Like that's, it's dumb. Like, yeah. no. That's me, because I don't, because yeah. you, if you do that, then you don't get scared. And if you don't get scared, then people don't laugh at you for screaming every three seconds. Mm-hmm. More, <laughs> but you have to not me, it's do more that. just that, like, a lot of horror movies are just, like, badly made, and that irks me. Sure. That's fair. Yeah. I love horror as a genre. It's one of my favorite things in this world. Any films that are just, like, I like psychological, though. If it's just jump scares from beginning to oh, end, yeah. I don't give a shit. It's jump scares. Who fucking cares? Well done. You use, like, one of the most basic human emotions and reflexes to make a movie. Shut up. Go away. Mm-hmm. I'm very protective over this genre. But yeah, so, um, you, you can go all out with um, immersion, sort of like what Chase was saying. But uh, I was sort of uh, sort of been thinking recently about um, taking the ideas and tropes of horror and not necessarily attempting to scare people, but making uh, a themed experience instead. So maybe like just making it very Halloween themed or horror themed. Uh, okay. So sort of like um, maybe make it like a Hammer horror movie where it's not necessarily scary for us, but it's fun to be a part of. You, like, really hammered up. Mm-hmm. Made the yeah. vampires go, and all that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? There is... I was thinking about it. So, talking about horror movies, there is one movie... I'm not a big horror movie guy, again, for same reasons you said, Ismay. It's just, like, yeah. they, they all just go for, for the jump scare. And it's like, I, I can't... I'm an anxious enough person as it is. I don't want to spend my life... Oh, yeah being afraid of being jumped out at i don't live with younger brothers anymore i don't have to do that every day now um 
<laughs> but the the one horror movie I have seen, and this is like I'm looking now. This movie is ten years old. I didn't even realize that. Uh, is called uh, Exam, and it is a okay. movie about sixteen people being pegged for some sort of okay. uh, like a government job kind of thing, and they are locked in a room, which ends up becoming a puzzle box type thing. With a, uh, each of them has an identical piece of paper that you know asks a single question on it and it's all the same question and they're locked in the room and they have an hour or so to answer that question to the best of their ability and it is very good and it is very suspenseful without it being jump scary like it actually cool. works and that format really works for D&D because it's a lot of puzzles and you know it's like an escape room which i think is something else that works really well for uh for the medium is uh yeah. steering into those types of weird puzzles the the idea of the scares being kind of generated by people themselves is also mm-hmm. very good in that kind of yes. trap situation because that's spooky but mm-hmm. yeah you sort of uh mentioned psychological horror too because it's very difficult to pull off a jump scare in dnd i guess you could like shout mm-hmm. the players but yeah one of the ways that works really well for um uh, creating an atmosphere of fear is uh the implied threat the monsters you can't see showcasing a, a monster or a trap's ability uh, early on and implying that it can happen again, maybe next mm-hmm. time more powerful or in greater numbers. Yeah. Um, and so then the players know that there is there are things to avoid and mm-hmm. uh, there are probably more uh, terrors that they haven't even encountered yet too. And uh, that yeah. can be... Um, they can make them fear for their characters, which is a kind of fear. I think, yeah, yeah that the, it's a very good point for like the anticipation is more is like more horrific than the actual thing. Essentially, uh, running horror games for me, it's eighty to ninety percent of the game is you hear the creepy noises. You have moments where you can kind of like feel like the shivering breath you can hear like you can feel like the chill creeping in but you don't see fuck because seeing a thing is one step closer to being able to hit the thing if you can hit the thing then you can kill the thing if you can kill the thing it's not spooky so like anything you can't (laughs) see really anything that's just like a little on the edge you don't know what it is baby it's spooky baby i would uh also recommend and it really depends on the particular game you're playing but it's it's more likely to work in a one-shot um, implementing save or die um, mechanics or oh, near yeah. equivalent, where um, yeah. it's not necessarily like you make the save or you die, but like the cre- the, the 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 bad guy can likely kill you in one blow. Uh, so that way, um, yeah. when the when the monster or what have you does reveal itself, it doesn't just roll for initiative and now we're in a combat scenario. It's mm-hmm. it yeah. comes out kills one of them and then runs away and then they're dead or something and that can then lead into more tension because who's gonna die next um, yeah. right though be careful of like killing a player early and then having them just be out of the game because yeah, that sucks they are maybe kill an yeah, NPC. that's no good yeah um which actually leads into something uh that's also probably worth talking about with this is that it, you know, especially if you're doing a one shot, D and D might not be the system you want to use, mm. uh, just because out, especially outside of uh, low levels, D and D characters are beefy. Yeah, like as a rule, they have a lot in their toolkits designed to not die, mm. and when you have a 
character, you know, especially in a long running campaign, they may be able to just they may have no fear because they have nothing to fear. Um, If you're doing a one shot with a lower level character or maybe dipping into another system like Dread or uh, or something from Powered by the Apocalypse, that might be more effective for what you're trying to do. Call of Cthulhu is a good one as well. Mm. I'm not familiar with. Yeah. uh, Is it Call of Cthulhu you said? Yes. Okay. I am aware of it. I actually have a very old source book for it somewhere that I inherited, but I have not actually had a chance to play that one. Yes. I've never, I've not. I actually had a chance to play it yet, but I've seen a lot of it and all that sort of stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that sounds rad. Yeah, like, I, yeah, that was one of my my main kind of things. Of if you're doing it, I feel like one-shots are a lot easier, especially if you're, like, if you're doing it, get them low-level as fuck, because mm-hmm. otherwise, you're like, yeah, as you say, it's got a lot of ways to stop people from dying. You're like, oh, here's this horrifying monster, and everything's dark and spooky, and they're like, well, uh, actually, uh, I've got a, a light spell that uh, will illuminate <laughs> everything in here, and you're like, okay, great, so now everything is like a nice jaunt through the woods, have a good day! Oh, I had, mm-hmm. I had to play absolutely annihilate a vampire in magical darkness with a bullshit light ability thing that just lit the whole thing up and <laughs> blinded the vampire and he's just like in his coffin like oh what's going on how did this happen <laughs> like oh. uh, cool that's that cool atmosphere Not a great uh adventure. yeah like this is the segment of the show where um i i get to um just be be my my best spooky self uh because i i run a yearly dread game as you mentioned, which is... Dread is so good. Oh, it's so good. It's a far superior system for uh, horror genre. It's kind of made for that because it rises tension. For those that have not been listening to my endless rants on why Dread is an excellent one-shot game, it is essentially a Jenga tower or non-branded wood stacking fall down uh-huh. scream tower mm-hmm. um and every time that the player wants to do something that could result in either the death harm or general like taking out of the gameness of a character they have to pull one of the jenga blocks or two of the jenga blocks or as many jenga blocks as the gm says if the jenga t- tower falls over then their character is dead or just out of the game in mm-hmm. some some way or form. It's got a lot of extra rules on it, but it's it, that's the general gist. Uh, so every year I run the same game. I have run it two or three times now, and my my reviews section for reviews for this game are along the lines of "Please can we stop playing? I was given nightmares." <laughs> Hey, Ismay, what wrong with you? You okay, girl? <laughs> um, but it's a very good spooky game. It's, yeah, it, it, I'm very, very proud of it. Uh, I might, uh, I'll put it up on the Crit Chat, uh, like Twitter and Facebook if anyone wants to go and give it give it a play because I've made a whole um, kind of guide on how to play it. Uh, all you need is a Jenga tower and uh, mm-hmm. enough friends to make it a spooky time. Yep. Um, but it's, yeah, it's I... such a good system. <laughs> I ran it as a one shot for what was going to be my normal like Friday night gaming group, but like half of them couldn't come and they were replaced by another uh-huh. half of people that I haven't seen since. And I hope that wasn't related. Uh, <laughs> I hope it was. That's a good yeah, game then. Yeah, apparently. 
Uh, but no, we had a we had an absolute blast playing it. Even though I was a disorganized mess, because that's what happens when you go from work to running D and D immediately, or running anything okay, immediately. Yeah. I should say. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it might might not be the best the best way forward. No, uh, but yeah, from so from from my dread games, the things that I would advise. Uh, on top of, you know, the regular, like, set in the atmosphere and getting a good horror playlist is 10 out of 10. Like, don't, you're not putting on spooky sounds, like, .exe, that's not happening. Today, you're fucking, you have to go and you have to find all the spookiest music from, like, really weird, obscure games and put that on. And my favorite thing to do in the world when writing it is take all of the things that scare you personally and make everyone else scared of them. So from the from mm. now on, you can be scared of them together. It's nice. It's not nice. They don't like you afterwards. But like, it's good because <laughs> then you're not alone in your uh, endless amounts of fear. There's always the uh, classic trope of uh, figuring out what your characters fear uh, and then mm-hmm. deliberately inserting that into the campaign. It doesn't make necessarily yeah. make the players frightened, but it means that they should be role-playing frightened characters, which is also a fun experience. Yeah. And that is a very easy step to make, especially if your players are connected to their characters. Yes. You're once yep. the characters are frightened, sooner or later the players are going to start feeling the the ooky spookies themselves. The ooky spookies. Problem is, all of my players, uh, sorry, all of my characters are sort of afraid of things like intimacy and the loss of a loved one. <laughs> Uh, and, um, also love it when it's so good. we just got to be throwing boggarts at you. Uh, yeah, it's um, yeah. it's a little abstract. Uh, <laughs> oh, loss of a loved one is so easy to do. You just make- yeah, but he doesn't have a lost loved one because he's afraid of losing a loved one. No, you just put, you just do pretend lost loved ones. You know, like they turn the corner and then you're just like, oh, who's that hanging from the ceiling? Oh, it's someone that I love. And then they turn around, they turn back, and it's gone, baby. It's gone, baby. See, I would have you face just like a version of your character that was uh like a monk that is you know aged beyond years just stone sober because they have seen some shit and now the alcohol doesn't even help anymore that's pretty good yeah i like that that's because i was gonna gonna ask you to i am running a campaign where all the characters are level 20 Mm. oh god yeah okay all right it's it's a lot and i've been having a blast but um for halloween we've sort of been thinking of doing uh sort of a, a more spooky sort of thing and I'm at a bit of a loss. Yeah. I don't quite know what to do. You have to take everything Hmm. off of them. Yeah. Like that, like first, first order of business is all of their shit has to disappear. Yeah. I think for something like that, you almost have to dip into cosmic horror. Like Mm. it has to be a meteor crashes down and something is going weird in a village and all of the players turn up and start asking around and it, it gets weird and bad quickly yeah actually that could work because that can tie into themes happening later on in the campaign sure and the other fun thing is that they can you know make as many rolls and checks like i want to do a nature check you still don't know what's going on the the dc is infinity yeah this is this is new Uh, a crit might tell you that it is an aberration or even just that like if you're lucky you know that nobody knows this you know exactly. that the knowledge doesn't yeah. exist. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this is this is finally the time where I run my color from outer space adventure. I think I think that's what yeah. it is. Yeah, oh, that's color- exactly oh, what it is. I forgot about the color from outer space. Uh, isn't Nick Cage in a version of that that's out right now? Is he? I think Ooh. so. I think I think 
Like, I know Nick Cage was doing some sort of Lovecraft movie. Uh, Yeah, Color Out of Space. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I I have not heard great things. I mean, it's Nick Cage. But yeah, it's it's a Nicolas Cage movie. Like, let's let's be real. Like, huh. okay. Oh. Other nice hand, Elijah Wood is credited as a producer, so that's kind of cool. Well, I can do cool, that. Okay. Look, cool. I love my sweet boy. My sweet boy I, can do I whatever he wants. Out. And oh, also also starring one Tommy Chong. Oh, oh boys, that's let's very do, funny. Guys, new I watch party idea. Very curious. How would you visualize huh. that, like as a film? Because you I don't know. I mean, yeah. The promotional poster looks pretty cool, but it, you can't like put a, a fake color on your screen. That's <laughs> all. Hey, that's all Lovecraft things. All Lovecraft fucking craft things are. Oh, the thing. Oh, you can't. I can't even describe it. Oh, it's well, so like, spooky. I can't describe. Like you just Cthulhu have to. Cthulhu has a pretty literal description of it. Like it's just a lot yeah, to right. take like, in. Fine, but like, it, like essentially every other one is like, oh, it's too scary. Imagine something so scary you can't even imagine it. Like. Okay, yeah. cool. I guess it's boo- there is a very Dumb. good uh, premium podcast on the uh, duckfeed.tv Patreon that they do once a month called Unfilmable, which is just going through film adaptations of Lovecraft stuff. Oh, and, oh my god, and, and they dive in because that's the question. Yeah. Because, like, I, how poorly, usually, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let's be real. But sometimes, uh, but sometimes you get some. Sometimes there's some diamonds in the rough. Uh, there's okay. a very late season episode of X Files that does uh, uh, that takes some of those uh, otherworldly saint type beings taking over the world themes very well and very spooky. Okay, that's yeah. surprising. It's the Roadrunner, by the way, is the episode if oh. you're if you're an X Files fan. Oh. I thought that we were talking okay. about uh, the the Roadrunner from Looney Tunes, and I was really excited yeah, for uh, like yeah. the Eldritch horror that is the Roadrunner. <laughs> I mean, that's good. There is a there is a definitely a B grade creepy pasta in that. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, that that lost episode of uh, Roadrunner and Coyote. You know the one that uh, uh, Hanna Barbera refuses to comment on. No, is, wait, is what? that a thing? No, that I I am writing the creepy pasta right now. Oh, like, okay. that is cool. okay. That's the idea. Oh, I thought right. that you were on some fucking dark web deep web shit <laughs> i was i was genuinely a fear you know this is how you write horror yeah this is it <laughs> this is it right here we just got a master class fucking front and center baby that just was off a- the dome off so the do- so basically we're saying is my level 20 campaign needs to involve uh, a roadrunner creepypasta yes I, it kai? doesn't hurt kai yeah. were you not listening kai of course kai duh <laughs> Uh, Come on. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, like, I'm just... One what, what of the, the great things about horror in general is... I don't know, like, in my, in my love of psychological horror, it's finding things that aren't necessarily like, ooh, look how spooky it looks. A lot of it is like, oh, this is uh, the endless feeling of hopelessness projected into a scenario and uh, deal with the fact that you're, you're going to die one day and no one is ever going to hmm. love you and they'll forget you. And... um your family barely realizes that you're there right now. You know what are the philosophical implications <laughs> of the monster yeah. attacking you? Yeah, and so like I like I like shit like that. Like I'm, I'm putting in real life everyday horrors. Like you know 
the fact that mm-hmm. we are all going to die and uh, the world will cease to remember that we exist. But put that into a game when we're already in a dark room that's only illuminated by candles and you've got creepy music from a game that's all about a woman committing suicide in the background. You know? Just like a cool yeah, fun experience. What what game are you specific? What music or uh, game music are you specifically calling Ooh, out? Oh, it's called The Cat Lady. It is. Uh, oh. It's um, a kind of uh, visual novel. Guys, go to visual novel music. I swan to John. Uh, it's mm-hmm. like a visual novel all about like, yeah, a woman who I think did commit suicide and then like is kind of like reliving parts of her life and shit like that. Uh, sure. Or just contemplating it. And it's all just like this morose gross, nasty, scritchy music a lot of the time. Uh, And listening to it makes you in that same position, which is, yes, that's what I want for my campaign, baby. So going off of music in general, I actually did want to bring up, there's a a video that I watched not too long ago uh, that is actually, uh, it's from a really fantastic uh, music theory channel called Sideways, where they uh, go into... um, like how music has a place in pop culture and what that does. And specifically the one uh, that I wanted to call out was how to make music sound scary Mm. because there is a science to it. And uh, the cliff notes of it is have a, uh, a track that is very high and a track that is very low tonally because having that uh, high tonal track initiates parts of the brain that uh, is supposed to make you feel comforted. Uh, The lowest part puts you a little less at ease and those two working against each other does something in our weird animal brains that totally puts us on edge. Yeah, we we humans don't like conflicting information. So, we yeah. don't, and yeah. that's exactly what it is. But there is a, it's a, it's a phenomenal vid- video. Also, it's only like five minutes long, so why not? Definitely, if you are going to be creating a soundscape for your home, being able to play into those, or like you said, Ismay, just pulling stuff from uh, games is great. Uh, I looked up uh, images of the cat lady, and that is fucking terrifying Mm, like it's not well it's kind of it's a spooky game in that again psychological horror way um Mm -hmm. it's just like a woman realize like talking about like the uh endless uh, non like existence of life and how everything is useless and worthless which is great Mm -hmm. for horror yep like again like when i when i put the fucking whole dread uh on the twitters and facebooks and all that i've got like a couple of playlists that go along with it um, mm-hmm. because, like, there are different things for different areas. Like, you got, like, your first bit, which is all just, like, morose. Uh, then you've got, like, the creepy bits, and then you've got the, um, you know, the inevitable end when you're running away from a bunch of dead bodies stitched together, you know? Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, uh. Huh. Look, it was all of the the main kind of creepy villain from it. Uh, again, dead corpse bodies stitched together and given animation and like long creepy limbs and shit. Uh, comes no, to me really uh, from uh, my nightmares. Again, make people scared of the things you're scared of. Uh, I have uh, horror dreams because PTSD is a fucking trip. Oh, uh, and so these no. things just come to me at night. So that's fun. Put them in your game. <laughs> Hello there, nerds, and welcome to the spooky middle of the podcast breakdown. I'm not going to keep doing this voice, it's too much. Anyway, hello there, nerds. I hope you're enjoying our spooky, spooky episode. Hope you've got some cool Halloween plans, especially if they are running a cool, spooky Halloween game. Uh, let's go over all the middle of the podcast break chat things. Uh, stick around to the end if you want to hear the plugs of the beautiful people that we've got on this amazing episode, and you can go and see and support all the things that they do. Uh, if you want to support the crit chat in general, then you can go and do that on a bunch of our social media. 
media things. We don't pay to advertise. So the only real way that anyone knows about this show is if you tell them. So like, do that. The, the overarching message is please do that. Uh, you can do that over on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash crit chat, all one word, or on twitter.com forward slash crit underscore chat, or in our Discord, and that's in the link in the description. We put all of our episode updates in there and everything, and it keeps you up to date with all the things that we're doing, uh, so you can share shit about from there, and that would really, really help us out. It sometimes has clips from, uh, like, our YouTube channel. We've also got a YouTube channel. You can find that over on YouTube if you search Crit Chat. Uh, and those are, like, some cool, like, uh, excellent clips from the show, and it, people will listen to them and hopefully be like, hey, I want to listen to that show, even though very few of them actually have us doing any D&D advice. But in fairness, the show doesn't have a lot of us doing D&D advice, so that's cool. It's very on brand, at least. Uh, but yeah, so go over there if you want to help us out. That would be radical and cool. Uh, if you want to help us out in a money's way, you can go over to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash critchat, all one word. We have a lot of different tiers, you get a lot of different rewards, and you get our undying love and gratitude, which is radical. But if you don't just want love and gratitude, you also get cool other things, like, yeah, exclusive behind-the-scenes content and access to our game of Space Scoundrels, which is run by the beautiful and amazing and talented Alfred, and is a sci-fi adventure in space! Not like those other, like, we talked about sci-fi last time, and my distaste for sci-fi that's just like, oh, yeah, it's just because, like, Earth is more advanced. No, give me aliens, baby! This has aliens aplenty, baby! So go over to our Patreon and you can get access to our games and play along with a bunch of the Crit Chatters. As I promised a couple of times in this episode, I did put the, the Dread game up on the social media, so if you want to play Ismay's cool, fun Dread game, then you can go and do that. It's up and around. Uh, it would really help me out if if you played it. Give me a little, like, shout and be like, hey, I played this game. It was good. You should play it. And also come to me and be like, hey, this bit was, uh, I didn't understand how you wrote this. Please tell me of my heinous mistakes. Uh, so that would be really cool if you could make this game the best it could be. I'm very proud of it and I'm very excited to play it in less than a week. I always forget to mention this, but if you want to uh, do any like kind of sponsory things on the show, like if you want to sponsor an episode or like put get get your own dang plug in here, then just uh, send me a message. We'll work something out, and in this middle of the podcast break chat thing, we can advertise your cool product or like service or whatever the fuck you're doing. We'll make it happen. That's what the middle of the podcast little bit is made for. And if you need a shout out of something that you're doing, we'll be more than happy to fulfill that deep dark wish of yours. But anyway, I've got to go now. I'll let you get back to the episode. I am off to do more uh, special episode 69 things. Get ready, bitches. It's a coming. And you will be too. I, um, I was having a conversation early today, actually, uh, with a friend of mine, and he introduced me to a monster from previous editions called the False Hydra. And so this Ooh, is okay. like... let's go. Imagine like, uh, you know how a Hydra has many heads? Uh, so imagine mm-hmm. that kind of thing, mm-hmm. except all the heads are like gaunt, skull-like, bald, <gasps> white things. Oh. Let me see. And then Ooh, if it, it kills could. you and eats you, you then become erased from the memories of everybody ever. Yes, oh. that's entirely what I want. That's that's what I want. That's what I want. It's that's 100% so what I want. That is so, the horror genre I want, baby. These look like a specific Zelda enemy, not the Redeads, but something else. I forget what they're called. I don't know Zelda well enough. It's more reminded me of like, it looks kind of visually very uh, Full Metal Alchemisty in that kind of gross, weird body horror thing, which again, I'm very into. 
it is certainly like the the idea of like the the long necked fleshy like oh, they're very something spooky. else that does exist currently in um current D though that uh works along the same lines as that though is the oblex or oblex oh, however yeah. you want to pronounce that uh, uh, i think oblex uh but these are uh, essentially byproducts of illithid experiments where they do kind of the same thing. Uh, if they murder you, you get absorbed, and they just, they got you. Oh, was that, that was the one that was created by the, the, the kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like, the, it was, the make it was a like wish a really one, cool, yeah. like, yeah, the Make-A-Wish guy, yep. and then just created this monstrosity. They're like, oh, good, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> like, and it's phenomenal, because not it's, so it's not just one monster, because you've got the, the Oblix spawn, uh, the adult, and the elder, and I think the elder can create multiple like vestiges of itself at the same time. And if it can't, I would absolutely run it like it could because yeah, that's scarier. That, if it yeah. if this okay. one blob can spawn an adventuring party, that's spooky. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay, actually. so I've got uh, D Beyond open right now for the pronunciation guide. So if you can all be quiet for one second. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you could all just shut your fucking mouths. Talked over it. You ruined it. Because if you talk, uh-huh. it comes out of the speakers <laughs> on my computer. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, okay. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Shh, I'm going to do it again. Okay. Oblex adult. There we go. Oblex. Interesting. I would also invite you to uh, look at the image of one that I found earlier when I was looking up the spookiest looking uh, D&D monsters. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the time, like, if people don't want to use their imagination box, you give them a picture and be like, hey, well, first off, explain, like, describe it yourself and then show a picture. Yeah. Because then they get, like, a couple of extras. I would invite you to look up the Sibirex or Sibriex. I think it's Sibriex. Oh, God, that, yeah, no, that. Hmm. It's S-I-B-R-I-E-X. I'm going to, I'm going to horror voice this. Sibriexes were bloated demons that were little more than deformed heads. The reek of rotten vegetation hung off their misshapen bodies, and they constantly exuded streams of blood and bile. This is good. This is good. Producing blood and bile? That's like, that's a two for one, baby. You want that, baby? Mm-hmm. It's blood and bile, yeah. boy. Though in a way, we all do that, really. <laughs> I, yeah, but we usually are pretty good about keeping it contained. I'm not saying that I'm constantly exuding streams of blood and bile. No, I feel but you're like not producing exuding, it. Like, it's just kept internal. Producing, yes, but You that could is not... exude it if you wanted to. Please don't, but you could. I, please, please do not do that. But at the same time, I do not constantly exude. I in inzude. I don't know what the what the like. Not- Wait, you're, you're you're consuming blood and bile all the time? No, 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 no. Not that one. Don't think that. Less okay. that, please. But it's a very good spooky looking spooky looking thing. Uh, and it's got like little nasty hands that can like, gravity grab you. That's also good. Mm. Little nasty mm. hands are fucking choice. And the flesh warping is just yeah. Warping. Flesh should not yeah. be warped. Hard stance because mm-hmm. there's a whole mm, flesh warping flesh. table. If it gets you with some of its abilities, yum, yum, yum. you just like mutate, and it's usually Ugh. a bad time. <sighs> but sometimes your ears can grow really big, and you get a flying speed. So that's kind of cool too. Oh, that's good. Hey, yeah. you know what? Never mind. <laughs> Everything got good again. <laughs> we, we just, guys, we just made it wholesome and nice. That's fun. I like that. I ran, I ran a, a one shot a little while back. Uh, I had the players uh, encounter uh, a cult of Baal, and one of them decided to like 
undergo a sort of dark ritual of theirs where they inserted demon ichor and smoke powder and a whole bunch of other stuff into them. And so she, <laughs> uh, every hour or so, had to make a con save or um, suffer oh, flesh warping effect. But if she oh. failed by five or more, she would explode. Oh, okay. And that was a great Explode? One shot. Explode? It was super fun. She That's almost good. exploded. That's it was good. awesome. <laughs> Almost exploded, 10 out of 10. She happened like to be standing w- right next to a cleric at the time, so... Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. I do actually... So, I pulled out my Morton Kynes book because I wanted to reference the Oblex, but in doing so, I found what could be a really good overarching boss if you did want to do a horror campaign. Uh, Ooh, this yeah, is go. the Zugtami, or Zugtmi, Moi, Zugtmoi. I'm gonna go with Zuck-tool. Oh yeah, yeah the, uh, the the fungus queen, the and all demon that, yeah? queen of fungi, yes, lady of rot and decay. Uh, it is an alien creature whose only desire is to infect the living with spores, transforming them into her mindless servants, and eventually into decomposing hosts for the mushrooms, molds, and other fungi she spawns. Well, what she looks like to me is if uh, if you've played Skyrim and you've done the uh, the Dark Brotherhood quest when you have to crawl into a certain sarcophagi with a certain uh boss <laughs> of the uh, yes. of the dark brotherhood it, it looks look like, like her but, but like fuck but also a mushroom <laughs> and not yeah. in like a, a cute toad kind of way but nah. like a like an even e- like an evil eat you with my torso kind of way so uh how you can make a whole campaign uh with zogtomoy is you can um you take uh in in the monster manual under the Myconid section mm. there's a uh, template for spore servant and the idea is it's like their spore servant but you can easily reskin it to be uh the spore servant of uh Zogtomoy. and so it is this okay. uh, last of a style undead no, so not undead um plant zombie fungus creature that's a template that you put on top of any other monster Ooh, um, yes. so you can so you can just like populate yeah. your world with all sorts of different versions of plant zombies mm-hmm. i've done that one it is very very good yeah mindless thoughtless creatures that cannot be reasoned with are the fucking pinnacle of how you do a horror because otherwise the bard is going to change his mind and then maybe fuck it so like just <laughs> You cannot make them able to change their mind because yeah. otherwise bad. Yes. Either remove their minds or put their minds so far beyond where your party is or could ever become. Yeah. One of the things that uh, we have not talked about, which is uh, my favorite thing to put in horror things, which spawns from a lot of my fears. Again, use your fears to your advantage. Mm-hmm. It helps. Um, creepy children. They're oh, never yes. not bad. Yep. <laughs> Like there's ghost, ghost kids. Like you always, if you're doing creepy children, they, oh, want to put it in a different way. Uh, if you are um, <laughs> writing, <laughs> um, if you're putting, just gloss straight by that. But just, I'm trying to, I'm just trying to gloss. If over you are it. utilizing uh, creepy children, if you are, you oh, no, I don't okay. like that either. No, actually, not, no, still, you're right. That's not better. It's still bad, no. actually. I'm putting if if you are writing creepy children into your game, we got that. Cool. Do, like. Again, you need to do the ambience. You need to mm-hmm. fucking put on some creepy 
music that a child is singing because there's nothing worse than a child singing somewhere oh or you you hear the child singing but you don't see the child singing you see the child they're not singing there are more Mm. creepy children that you can't see (gasps) yes yes Oh, they're just very good at throwing their voice also Um, possible also bonus points if the the child is maybe singing and then you like Go like, hey, kid, you okay? And then you go to the creepy kid and you like turn around and they fall over because they've been dead for a long time and there's Mm -hmm. a creepy smile on their face. Smiling is creepy in a horror scenario. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Tell us about Curse of Strahd. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, sure. Um, uh, Do you want the actual Curse of Strahd or my bastardization of it? Because uh, (laughs) they're two very different beasts. Well, why why don't you go ahead, start with the official one and then as you divert, tell us why. (laughs) Yeah. Like, okay, to be fair, so the when I've been running Curse of Strahd for half damage, part of the reason, apart from uh, the main reason of me wanting to make it like a cool, fun, like reality TV show thing, part of the reason that I did want to kind of make it different was the whole, yeah, it's difficult to do horror long term. And also my, uh, all, my constant belief that horror is best when there are parts of happiness in it, I guess, or like mm. bits where it like cuts through the tension because then when you put it back, it kind of twofolds on you. It's like a little like you're not expecting it, which mm-hmm. I like. I think you've done a really good job doing that in the podcast. Well, thank you. It's one, of the, it's one of the things I really like about it. Aw, thank you. Thank you, Kai. Uh, but yeah, like just just like little things like j- just in case people uh, are not aware, um, I'm not able to do things that aren't chuckle fucky um, as neither are the people that in the podcast uh so a lot of it is uh funs and goofs but i feel like it really when there are those moments of spooks it really kind of hits home for instance uh there is a part kind of very close to the beginning uh where all of all of our our friend heroes are trundling along and laughing and joking uh and then they reach a crossroads and in this crossroads uh in the book it says that one of the characters looks at a hangman's noose and they see themselves turning in that noose. Spooky. Yeah, it's spooky, right? Mm. But it, it's going from that like, okay, and you guys are wandering along and then you see it and just slowing things down and softening it. And everyone's just like a little on edge because they're not prepared for something creepy in the middle of something like jovial and happy, which is very fun and good. Mm-hmm. And again, music always helps. I, I've, I've enjoyed running Curse of Strahd and I do very much enjoy the horror aspects in it because it is also very good at knowing that it, like in the world of D&D, it's hard to make things scary because a lot of the time you're just like, okay, well now it's light and now there's sparkles and uh, this one's got like a banjo lele that they keep playing in the background. Now, I hope that's not shade being thrown at the banjo lele here. Oh no, I'm just saying it, it uh, for some reason beyond my comprehension does not intensely add to a spooky environment (laughs) (laughs) unless you can prove to me otherwise which i would honestly i would love nothing more than for someone to prove to me that the banjolele can be a spooky boy ismay i have a banjolele within 15 feet of me right now i will work on that for you thank you thank you what if it's inhabited by a yokai Okay, I now have to look up a yokai, but uh, if it's anything, like, uh, if it's inhabited by anything, and it's already a bit spooky. Sentient banjo Exactly. <laughs> no, that sounds delightful again, because I think it's gonna sound like this. <laughs> yeah, it's but it's an like, hey, yeah, but they're, yeah, but they're racist. Hey, y'all. 
I hate black people. <laughs> like, it's still going to have that voice. <laughs> like, like, it's going to be like, okay, don't say that. But like, it's still going to have that voice. The thing is, is it's a yoga. They're like Japanese spirits. So probably have a Japanese accent. Oh, you do have to, yeah, go to the Japanese for spooky things because, mm. good Christ, they have done spooky to the oh, yeah. nth degree. Or or go Oof. go your direction, Ismay, and go like Appalachia Deliverance because that is spooky in a very different way. Yes. I've lived that spooky before. It's not oh, great. No, no I, I used to live in upstate New York, uh, middle of the Catskill mountain range which was absolutely gorgeous except for i think my second night living out there uh the power went out across the facility i was living on oh boy and uh y'all don't know what dark is until you walk outside and the nearest (laughs) town is an hour away and you look to your left you look to your right and there is no light uh it's a cloudy (laughs) night so it just you might as well exist in a field of nothing that's see that's a good start for it's a real good scare (laughs) unfortunately we probably have to wrap up around there uh talking horror i could literally talk about horror for the rest of my life because do horror good or don't do it baby let's go Mm -hmm. um but yeah let's start doing some plugs baby chase what you got for us sure uh, again, my name is Chase Greenley. You can find me at TQ Loudly on Twitter. You can also find me on my uh, family of podcasts, uh, Ghostlight Media, uh, specifically relevant to what we've been talking about today. I hey. am the host and GM of Another Path, a theatrical tabletop adventure. Uh, we're about 10 episodes into season two. If you don't want to listen to all 50 episodes of season one to get caught up, in addition to that, uh, you can also find me on Palimpsest, which is a brand new uh, cipher system podcast where I am a player and my very good friend uh, Zan is the GM and uh, they are taking us through a fantastic adventure through the world of Numenera. Uh, so if either of those sound interesting Ooh. to you, uh, definitely give us a shot uh, over at ghostlightmedia.net. Excellent. Kai, what do you have for us? All right, you can uh, find me on Twitter if you like at uh, at it's me Kai, and you can also find me uh, with, with the other podcasts I do. I um, do a Doctor Who fan cast with my little brother called Brothers in Time, and we uh, try and usually fail to talk about the Doctor Who as much as possible. Excellent. <laughs> also been guest hosting uh, a fair amount on um, Shattered Worlds, a science fiction fantasy um, actual play podcast created by Jeff Richardson, where he where we play uh, a game system that he created called Shattered Worlds. It's really great. For me, you can find me on a lot of places. You can find me most everywhere at A Teacup Gamer. Uh, that's me on Twitter and Instagram and all that good shit. Uh, I have very good content on Twitter. Follow me there. I'm hilarious. <laughs> I don't know. I'm also on Twitch under A Teacup Gamer. I play a whole bunch of games, mostly like visual novels. So I do a lot of voice acting stuff because that's what I love to do. Um, if you want to listen to Half Damage, we talked about it a little bit here. Uh, Half Damage is our actual play podcast of Curse of Strahd, and as I say, like a, with a big old, big old reality TV show twist. There now is the catch-up episode, so if you are not, if you don't have like 27 hours to do all the other episodes, you can just listen to the nice catch-up episode, and we'll get, we'll get you there. Uh, and then we'll be continuing with the story after that. As I say, I will, uh, if you want to play, do like a nice spooky Halloween game, uh, I'll put my Dread game up 
on the social medias, on the Crit Chat one, and on my own one, so you can find it there if you want to do a little spooky, spooky dread one-shot for your Halloween. You know, I might just run your dread thing instead of doing a level 20 campaign. <laughs> do it, baby! It's fun, baby! I think I might. Hell I think, yeah! I think, I think next episode I'll have to, like, to let you know how it works. Hell yeah! Oh yeah, let me know how it goes. That'd be radical. Oh, that'd be so oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can find Crit Chat over on iTunes by searching Crit Chat in podcasts and leave us a five-star review for this five-star show or find us on all the best podcast apps every other Saturday. Until then, I have been Ismay. I've been Chase. And I have been Kai. And you have been listening to Crit Chat. See you later, nerds. Bye. Bye.